0: we are recording yes here we are welcome everyone back to 27 speaks on a friday in march it's early march still winter ish so everyone good yeah
3: spectacular
0: i can tell i can tell
2: the days are getting longer
0: and so are the meetings at southampton town hall how's that for a segue so with us today is brendan o'reilly hiya brendan
2: Hi, everybody. I'm Brendan. I'm the Deputy Managing Editor.
0: And also with us today is Joe Shaw. Hey, Joe.
4: Hey, Annette. I'm Joe Shaw. I'm the Executive Editor.
0: And also here with us today is Catherine G. Manu.
5: Hey, Annette. It's Georgie. I am one of the publishers of the Express News Group.
0: And I'm Annette Hinkle. I'm the Arts and Living Editor of the Express News Group. And also here with us today is Kaylin
3: Riley. Hi, Kaylin. Hi, Annette, Joe, Brendan. It's Kaylin. Former sports editor, current news reporter.
0: Good to have you. And former field hockey player, can add.
3: Former field hockey player. And Pearson alum. That's right. And Pearson alum. If you don't know already, now you know, but you probably knew.
0: So on February 28th, there was a meeting at Southampton Town Hall about the issue that's kind of dominating Sag Harbor right now. And that's the Marston street property that the school district is hoping to purchase and was hoping to transform into a athletic field for the school, because is, anybody that knows Sag Harbor knows how limited Pearson high school is in terms of, of land around it. And originally the talk was that this would be a synthetic turf field for particular sports, especially field hockey, which plays well on synthetic turf. But there was a big uproar and there's a whole whole lot of people who aren't real happy about the turf field. So this is a really complicated story. So basically, the Southampton is, is talking about using community preservation fund money to help Marston Street Law to make this purchase happen. But um, Tuesday, there was a huge amount of opposition that came up at this meeting at Southampton Town. And Kaylin, I guess, did you sit through that meeting? Did you
3: sit in on that? I sat in on it virtually. Um, Yeah. But I've sat in on many, many school board meetings. This has been a topic of um, continuous and at times contentious and intense discussions since September, so pretty much the entire school year that this has been, um, this has been an, a, the, the dominant issue in the Sag Harbor School District and really in the town.
4: It's been going on for a while, right? I mean, it, the, the issue of,
3: I mean, the Marson thing in particular has been going on since September, but the larger issue of how to, how best to provide these, the school's interscholastic sports programs with, um, the kind of facilities that they need or that would be comparable to what other schools have is a discussion that's been going on even longer than that because before the possibility of purchasing the land on marston became public the school was um, spending many months trying to come to an agreement with mashash park to do some um, athletic facility upgrades there as well because as most people know that's where the, um, that park, which is 1.1 miles from the school, is where um, most people, most of the teams play and practice. There is one field behind the school, which lately has been the, um, used mostly for soccer, but the park, so, so there's been this larger ongoing discussion about how to upgrade the athletic facilities, generally speaking.
4: I, I just wanted to make the point that this conversation about the artificial field, artificial turf field, predates the Marsden thing by by a long time that that was an issue all by itself
3: but
5: basically Mm -hmm. a decade yeah I mean there was um a a movement when they were redoing the field behind Pearson Middle High School like Kaylin said this was over a decade ago I was covering the district for the express at the time um there was a conversation and there was actually a past referendum for a turf field behind the Pearson Middle High School they were going to install turf field um opposition emerged post vote um i think the price also went up post vote um and so that enabled a second vote where the turf field was voted down by a huge margin um and so they constructed a natural grass field behind pearson middle high school they did for a while they were working with some pros up at the bridge Um, you know, to try and make that field um, robust despite constant use by students, like during lunch, during recess. Um, For those who don't know, this is the only field that Pearson Middle High School has um, on its grounds. And like Kaylin said, all other sports after school have been done at Mashash Park since I was a kid, since Caitlin was a kid. Um, and so this the school board for a while this, this past year, they were in pretty robust and aggressive conversations with the park about, well, if we're going to stay here, if we're going to continue to pay for this, we need better facilities. The park had a very hard line against turf, uh, but it appeared that regardless of that, we were kind of moving forward with this larger plan for Mashashima Park that included a track, um, you know, in an indoor field and upgrades to the existing facilities when this group of Marsden properties came seemingly out of the blue for the school district and the district announced it was going to be looking to buy those in September.
0: I feel like, a lot of the the voters felt sort of blindsided by this plan i'm not maybe you guys could speak to this a little more but the idea of buying marston and initially the idea being to install a turf field there was sort of an, another way to get what they didn't get 10 years ago and i don't know if this is accurate but it feels to me like that's where a lot of your opposition is coming from now you know if they had just said oh you know the district just said we should just buy this property and we'll let's have a community discussion about what we could do with this marsden street property that maybe it would have gone over better just because you know how things are in Sac harbor and that there's just a whole contingent of folks that feel blindsided and now whether it's turf or just grass they don't want this thing at all right
5: i mean i just want to say for the record i don't believe that when the district announced the marsden properties purchase that they were like really like, and we're definitely going for a turf field, although that was like kind of the subtext to everything they were saying. It was like, well, we can't do exactly what we want to do. And Mad Park, the only thing that they really couldn't do was the turf field, um, you know, and so this other opportunity has come up, but it did kind of come out of nowhere. And having worked in Sag Harbor, like Annette for many years, um, the minute this was announced, I was like, oh, this is not going to go well. Because, you know, Sag Harbor is a very involved community, which is awesome. Um, you know, people are very passionate about the school, about the village, about preservation, about the environment, and they're involved. And and if they feel like something is getting like slid past them, you know, there's definitely a really strong reaction to that. I mean, there's whole social media groups that have been created.
0: In this most recent meeting, Jay Schneiderman said, "Wow, gee, usually when we vote on a CPF purchase, it's easy and happy." And I'm like, "Well, this is Sag Harbor, so nothing is easy and happy when you come to this village."
5: No. Um, and so, so, but most recently, I think it's really important that Kaylin recaps the Southampton Town Board meeting because it seems like, you know, so first off, turf is off the table for the Marsden properties if this purchase goes through, which, as Kaylin mentioned, at this point is still being pitched as like a, a partnership purchase with the town buying it through the Community Preservation Fund. Um, and then in some fashion, Um, turning it over to the district for the development of new athletic facilities.
4: And it should be pointed out, the town made no artificial turf field one of the conditions to do that because it heard the feedback from the community. So the town actually has been actively involved in that debate and, and came down on the side of no artificial turf field.
5: But regardless of that, at this last hearing, it didn't seem like that swayed everybody in Sag Harbor that this was still something worth moving forward with. Kaylin.
3: Yeah, and that is true. And I think that that caught some people by surprise. I mean, both um, Jeff Nichols, who's the superintendent of the schools um, and Jay Schneiderman, Southampton town supervisor admitted publicly during the meeting that they were surprised that there was still this level of opposition you know, Jay Schneiderman said that the vast majority of what he had been hearing from people prior to the hearing was that they did not want the turf field. And so once the school agreed, um, they so they made that a, con- a term of condition for the deal happening. And then once the school agreed that they would do 100% natural turf, I think Jay Schneiderman and many people, myself to a degree, myself included, thought that that would Um, maybe not eliminate all of the opposition, but would maybe create some sort of discernible shift, but it really hasn't. I feel as though, if anything, the people that are opposed to this and have been opposed to it from the start have just become increasingly um, vocal about their opposition to it. And so that really, really created something of a turning point after this public hearing, because it did really make you wonder if this deal is going to go through or not, because there's just still still so many things up in the air. um, Even with turf being off the field, it's a lot that has to come together. And this is, as has been pointed out, Um, I don't know if it's the the word unprecedented. I don't know some people there's debate about whether or not you could say this is entirely unprecedented type of partnership for the CPF, but it is definitely without a doubt a rare and not it's far, it departs from the norm of what the CPF does in a number of ways. Um, So I think that's part of the reason why the board is trying to proceed very carefully here. That coupled with the fact that there is, that there remains significant opposition to it. It's very hard to tell, you know, to take the temperature of a community in terms of how they feel about something, because as a lot of people, there was definitely, there were definitely more people at the meeting um, who spoke publicly in opposition. And there were people that spoke in support as well. Mm-hmm. So I think if you take that meeting, your your takeaway from that would be, well, there's more people opposed to this than there are for it. And that has sort of been the case at the school board meetings as well. But then you wonder, but then a point that a lot of the people that are for it try to make is that um, they are working parents, They it's harder for them to show up to these meetings, they're representing a lot of people when they speak, and they also point out that the district. Um, had to vote to allocate money from the capital reserve fund to partially purchase the property and that 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 vote passed so it's hard it's hard to know like there is a lot of opposition that's not a debate but it's hard to know to what degree the community is really split on this issue of purchasing the land. It's hard to suss that out for sure. You can make an argument, I think, both both ways for it.
5: So one interesting argument that was brought up with to both Gavin and I this week, as we were talking to different people in Sac Harbor, not anybody, firmly in the opposition camp at all. In fact, probably the two people that I'm thinking of at the top of that list are like very pro school, pro student, pro programs, pro athletics. Like they're like really serious members of the community and very involved in school stuff. And, you know, the conversation very quickly became, so if, one of the reasons we were pursuing Marsden for our athletic facility was because we wanted a turf field, because really the whole conversation. Um, going back to the Massachusetts at Park redevelopment and now with Marsden was like a lot of it was about field hockey. And the field hockey team, which has been a really successful program at Pearson for you know decades, not having the same facilities as other teams in the region in terms of not having a turf field. And when you go to playoff games um, and county championships and state championships, you're going to be playing on a turf field. Um, and so we really need this turf field for our athletic teams, but now the turf field is totally off the table. And so the person, the people that I was talking to this week were like, well, so why are we doing this anymore? Like, why are we not pursuing a more affordable option at the park where we can redevelop, you know, these, this athletic facility, you know, at a, you know lesser cost and with less acrimony in the community if we're not even getting the turf field, like we were getting the turf field at Marsden, great, push forward, like, let's do this. Um, I'm not saying that the people I was talking to were saying that. Um, But, you know, if we're not even having that, why are we still pushing forward with, you know, what is a pretty expensive proposition at the end of the day, particularly if Southampton Town chooses to not be a part of this? Um, That has not happened yet. But it does seem like there's a little bit of writing on the wall that that could be in question and i think it's interesting i think it's an interesting point to bring up you know if the turf field was the goal here and we're not getting the turf field then you know what are the reasons the district still feels like this is really important project above other projects to pursue
4: i feel like that's the key point here is that the 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 turf field like it or not like it was the impetus for this conversation from the start and it's now off the table and that makes a difference you know especially we were talking as far as um a a regular grass field at marsden if it's going to be available for community use um you also have the issue of it may not hold up very well um, you know, it's certainly not like an artificial turf field. But it, but I, I, I want to go back and underscore the point you're making, Georgie, which I think is, is really crucial. This entire conversation started with the artificial turf field, which is now off the table. So what is the conversation about at this point? I think that's a good open question.
3: Well, I could tell you what a lot of people would say. The people that are in support of purchasing this land, their response to that would be, the kids deserve to be able to play home games at home, like on their school property. And so the degree to which you think that that matters, depends on your perspective, but that, that would probably be their response to that. But I do agree, this field is not going to hold up. It's grass, grass doesn't hold up. That's just a fact, That's that's what it is. So if you don't like artificial turf for various reasons, I mean, that's fine. I, I, you might think that it's bad and it might be. I don't know, I'm not like an artificial turf scientist, but um, a grass field is not going to hold up, especially when the only way that the town is gonna be involved in this is if the community gets to avail itself of this facility. So the town has to ask itself two questions. Not only are we gonna get enough access, is the community gonna get enough access to this field But are the people in the community even going to want to use it? And so the problem is the reason that they made natural grass a a condition is because they were hearing from so many people that they did not want turf. And so when you hear from your constituents, we don't want this, why are you going to spend money on it? You know, so but on the flip side, if you're going to make a park available to if you want that, you're also not going to spend money on it. If people just aren't going to use it, generally speaking, but if people are going to use it and it's going to get, that means it's going to get a lot of wear and tear. And so then it's going to get, it's just going to be like garbage in short order. And then who is it serving is the question. So I do <laughs> as someone who made the 1.1 mile walk to Mash five days a week in the fall for, several of my formative years i can tell you that that walk sucks it sucks toting all that stuff to the park for practice that sucks it sucks not being able to have your home games at home i know what that feels like as an athlete and how awesome it would be to play on a field at your school but if the field is going to become torn up the field hockey team isn't going to want to play there and as a former field hockey player if if I had the choice to like walk to the park for my game and play on a decent grass field or play on a really crappy grass field that was across the street from my school I probably would want to continue playing at the park the other thing that's important to point out though is this would be a really expensive project and it would be really expensive especially just for natural grass but the other problem that they will encounter is if they don't get this land at all and they don't build a field there they're going to have to go back into negotiations with the park for a full use of the park and have all the sports that they've always had there and the park is going to charge them accordingly they're going to raise the lease they're going to and that's like something you have to pay that lease every year i don't know math wise how it all balances out but um that's just something else to remember too like at, playing at the park if they got this field they could have done less at the park then they would have probably been able to negotiate paying less per year at the park but it's tricky it's very hard to figure out it's not going to be cheap no matter what they do essentially
1: local support comes from the law firm of toomey latham shea kelly dubin and cordoraro in these trying times, working full-time for their clients and the public interest, providing strong advocacy and attentive counsel. Be well advised. SuffolkLaw.com.
0: 27 Speaks is brought to you by Sag Harbor Books and Southampton Books, independent bookstores located in the villages at 7 Main Street in Sack Harbor and 16 Hampton Road in Southampton. They buy books! Collections, libraries, individual titles, very easy process. They handle everything. Do you have books to sell? Call or email today or visit southamptonsackharperbooks.com. Now hiring booksellers at both locations, including office positions.
5: Well, and I think you also have to underscore the whole conversation. And I know that nobody likes to talk about this, Um, And like we've always said at sessions and in podcasts, like everything goes back to housing. But we have dwindling enrollment at our school districts. I mean, I think except for Springs, you're seeing enrollment numbers decline generally. Um, You know, we saw like the little uptick in like all the school districts, like right after COVID hit um, as people decamped from the city and came out here. But that's over. And a lot of people, you know, some people stayed, a lot of people went back to the city. Um, And, you know, I think Sag Harbor has a really robust school population and that's great and it's a desired school district. I do think you will continue to have people who, when moving out here choose to live in the Sag Harbor School District because of the amazing things that they do there, but enrollment numbers are still going down across the East end. I don't see that being a trend that changes given the high cost of living, um, which is just getting worse and worse. Um, So now you know we're investing all of this money into expanding facilities at what how many school districts yeah. do we have from Montauk mm-hmm. to West Hampton Beach 13 14 yeah. 14 individual school districts and yeah. not a large amount of miles you know and so there i think there does need to be a conversation and and it probably i think with Marsden it's all going to need to move too fast where that's not going to be where the conversation is going to happen. But there needs to be a conversation about school facilities, sharing facilities, sharing services, sharing administration costs. And, you know, eventually we're really going to have to have a larger conversation about school consolidation because, I mean, it just doesn't make sense the way things are being done out here right now.
3: But when people share a field and the more people that play on it, it's tough when it's grass it's like I, you know well there's I know that, fields in in neighboring school districts No, but so then so so th- the whole debate with turf is very tough to talk about because um well I mean Sacrobras already doing that the field hockey team in the weeks leading up to the playoffs the school buses them to to East Hampton or Hampton Bays but that's to me is is a tough a tough one too because you do start to get into this situation where you know to get on a bus to go to Hampton Bays or East Hampton you know multiple days a week for practice it's kind of makes for a very long day for these for these kids and I, I don't know maybe that's just the way it has to be I don't know but but um the turf thing is very tough because there are people that have very legitimate concerns and it's not just people in Sa harbor there's lots of communities across the country that are really you know, have concerns about these fields and what's in them and, and all that. And, um, but, but the problem is that grass, especially for certain sports just does not hold up. And, and I mean, I've, a lot of people think field, my, my, my love beloved field hockey is a niche sport. That's just gonna <laughs> die at some point. And maybe, maybe it will. And then not I'll be there. like, I played the sport that died. I majored in the major. No one wants to major in anymore. I work in journalism. <laughs> And uh, there's a real pattern here that's kind of disconcerting. I don't think, I honestly don't see field hockey ending out
5: here anytime soon. It's still a super popular sport. I mean, I would say the most popular fall sport for girls um, still. So Georgie,
0: can I ask you, or Kaylin, even if you've heard about this, I mean, I felt like some of our conversations around this issue also had to do with the fact that the parents of kids who are not athletes feel like they always get short shrift and that the athletics programs are the ones that get a lot of the the money and the focus while other things.
3: Take it away, Georgie. (laughs)
5: Take it away, Georgie. That's just true. Um, I mean, there, there's 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 not really much of a debate around that. I grew up out here. I went to spring school. I went to East Hampton High School. Um, I was an athlete in earlier years, but then I was into performing arts and visual arts. The budgets for performing and visual arts compared to athletics are, you know, fairly small. Um, I was actually just talking to a parent who has a student in the East Hampton High School play, which this will be out a week after that play, the Adams family um, was staged. And, um, and they were talking to me about how, like, they have like, next to no costume budget, you know, and so they have one play that they do all year, and they don't have really a budget for costumes. But, Um, yeah. And so I do think like, I feel like if you, if this Marsden purchase, um, if there were like conversations about it being like, maybe there's an athletic facility component, but maybe there's another component that serves other students (laughs) besides athletes in the district, whether it's like, you know, a community garden or like a STEM facility, like, you know, we live in such an affluent area when you start to like dig into some of the facilities, Um, that we don't have that you see at larger school districts it can be a little surprising Um, and I and I do think that there has in general kind of been this idea that you know athletics are given a, a significant budget when you compare it to the rest of the extracurricular activities. And there's a lot of students who aren't athletes, um, you know, who might benefit from these fields during recess and lunch, sure. And like PE, absolutely. Um, I don't think these fields would be like bad for the school community, but it does become a question about resources and is this the best way for the district to spend its resources if the town is not going to be helping it purchase these properties. Maybe it is. Can I ask Kaylin what the um, what a lot of the major objections
0: were at the the Southampton town meeting that um, that you sat in on,
3: you know, there's a lot. It all, different people have sort of different objections. It is sort of interesting because the turf was like the big one and then that was eliminated. But there's, you know, there's environment, I I would say like environmental concerns kind of broadly speaking are a big one. What Georgie was just speaking to was important as well. Um, and, And what you said about, you know, Sag Harbor being very big on preservation both environmental and historic, I I definitely see that. I mean, there are people who will say everything from, raise concerns, everything from the owls that live in the trees on that property will need to find a new home to um, concerns about the fact that, you know, if you've been on Marsden Street before, it does sort of like dip down in the middle where that vacant land is. And from what I can see there, it's not like an actual swamp or wetlands, but there are people that will say in the past there had been cattails growing there and it was marshy. I think a lot of people do just feel like it's going to cost more money than they think it's reasonable to spend because the stormwater management there and what they're going to have to do to kind of grade it out going to probably be a little more costly just because of the way the land is low and dips down there so and there are also people you know say this is in the historic district in the village i do also think that there's just people that live nearby that would prefer not to have um a school athletic field with a parking lot right in the middle of their neighborhood which i understand i probably wouldn't want necessarily want that right next door to me either but the counter argument to that is you know you are living in an area that is literally right next door to the school so i i don't know it's hard to blame the school for like wanting to go after that property um generally speaking
4: yeah i i want to make that point caitlin that's a that's a point i wanted to make to make too is that it's a residential area and i get that But school facilities belong in a residential area, and Mm -hmm. I think think athletic fields are part of a school facility, and it does make a lot of sense Mm -hmm. for a school that doesn't have enough facilities to be able to add to those facilities when the opportunity arises. I mean... uh, I don't. I guess what I'm saying, and this is purely as as an objective opinion. I'm on the outside of this looking in. I think it makes a lot of sense for a school to say, "Hey, a property opened up right across the street from the school. Mm -hmm. We really ought to acquire that if we can. Opportunity, because it's an opportunity, and they don't arise very often. And this maybe is something that should have been part of the plan all along for the school to have a bigger space to be able to do these things. And, and Mishashi Park is a good compromise solution, but as you pointed out, Kalen, not the the most convenient for students or anybody else. So, I I mean, on on that level, I feel like the purchase... And you're
3: leasing that land. You never own it. And the district, not only do they never own it, and so they're tied into paying, you know, a six-figure sum for the exclusive use of it every single year. That'll never end it's a privately owned and operated like entity. And so the degree to which the district has control over what mm-hmm. happens there is really limited. Yeah. Plus the, that board can o- operate kind of in op- opacity. Is that the right way to say it? Because they're not like a public entity. So- if They're not publicly
5: elected, like um, like the John Memorial Library, for example. And so
1: like
3: there, there's, Definitely needs to be upgrades done there, and the district is going to pay for that and pay to lease it. And yet, they don't own the land and never will, and don't really have, and they're very limited in terms of the say that they have over there. So, that I know rubs a lot of residents the wrong way. The fact that, like, the district has to keep pouring money into that air into that park, and yet they don't get to control it. I think the allure for the district of Marsden was, we will own this property, it'll be ours. Now the town, it's a partnership with the town, but the way the deal is likely to be structured if it happens is that the park, um, that the district would own the property and the town would be buying the development rights. That's a whole other interesting sort of debate we can, we can get into if you want.
5: <laughs> I do think, you know, one thing I just want to also say, because I feel like it's really, it's an important thing to say anytime there's opposition to a development project, which is a very healthy process, you know, opposition creates conversation mm-hmm. and in a perfect world, it like shapes projects that are going to eventually happen into, you know, better projects. But Something will eventually be developed on these Marsden lots, whether it's a school facility or a private home um, or, you know, something else. Most likely it's one of those two things. But my point is the idea that these lots will remain
3: um, vacant forever is probably reality. Vacant land in the village of Snag Harbor. Someone's just going to be like, you know what? I'm just going to leave millions of dollars on the table and like not sell this. let the owls live. Yeah, exactly.
5: And so I, I do think that that's really important. I feel like I feel like there are a lot of times where people are like, oh, well, I don't want that project and I really don't want any project there because I'm a neighbor or I care about the community and I like, you know, the passive way that it feels right now. Um, but that's just like that's not reality. Something will happen here, whether it's, you know, with the school in the town or whether Pat will pursue private development again. Yeah, it's that's that's important
0: to point out it's a privately owned piece of property that the owner would like to sell and get some money for. So it will be a pretty big house or it'll be
5: I mean it might not be a huge house that it is in the historic right. district and you know he's already been before the board of historic preservation architectural review board with plans that like did not garner any favor. Why? So, you know, I mean it doesn't it's not necessarily going to be a huge house, but the point is um something will be developed there, whether it's this facility or
3: not. How big is that property? I don't think we mentioned that. There's four separate lots that are each just shy of an acre, but they're adjoining. I see. And those are on the um, north side of the street. And then on the south side of the street there. And so those are the four lots that the district would be purchasing um, in conjunction with um, community preservation fund money. Then there's a lot on the south side of the street that's just shy of an acre um, that the district uh, would purchase on its own. And the dist- and voters have already approved the district using money from capital reserves to buy that lot, which would be a parking lot. That would be the parking lot for the athletic field. Don't call it a facility. Some people get very upset when you call it the a facility. They want you to call it a field. Okay. Just so care.
0: my question is if the CPF purchase goes away and they decide not to help buy the property on the north side of the street. Is the district committed to buying that parcel on the south side and would they go ahead and do that?
3: No, so the sale, so the voters already approved the use of the capital reserve money to buy that that single lot, but the sale of that lot is contingent on the sale of the other four. So that's not gonna close until they're, they're all still linked together in terms of the deal actually closing. So even if
0: so, if the, if the other, if the CPF purchase on the north side goes away, they would not even be
3: um, permitted to buy that one acre if they wanted to. I mean, unless they convince the owner who owns, who's the owner of all the lots to sell them just that one lot.
0: But do they have, they wouldn't have to go back to voters to say, oh, okay, we're not going to be able to buy the um, north side but we still that's a good
3: question i don't really know and and because it's just shy of an acre there's definitely no way any kind of athletic Mm -hmm. um situation would happen on that single lot because it's just too small for for anything like that um pickleball courts people would love that (laughs) you can put pickleball everyone's always happy when pickleball shows up we
4: might also (laughs) want to mention that that there had been a proposal on this property
2: prior to all of this, right, that they
4: weren't able to get approval for, for housing,
3: right? Brendan wrote about that, yeah.
2: It, it was almost insignificant. It came up before the ARB and the board just looked at the houses and they said, well, they're too big for this neighborhood and we don't like it. And it just never came back up again, which was odd because usually you see people come back and say, oh, well, we moved the massing into the back. We lowered the ridge line, We did this to make it look smaller. We actually you know, we took away some square footage, but in this case, they just dropped it. And maybe because they realized they could get a better deal selling this land to CPF and the school district than anything else. I do wonder though about the structure of this deal. If the idea is that the town buys the development rights, but the school district owns the actual underlying property, how is the town going to pay as much money as The school district is expecting the CPF is only allowed to pay market value and no more for what it purchases. As far as I know, that applies to both land purchases and development right purchases. If they were developing the land and they came up with a figure and said, this is what it costs, the town CPF could contribute up to that dollar amount, but you would have to get a separate assessment, I'm assuming for what the development rights are worth. And then the town could only contribute up to that much money. And then the school district would have to make up the rest. This
3: is probably part of the reason why this deal hasn't, the terms are not all settled yet. And why pretty much all of the board members are comfortable to varying degrees with pushing this hearing back. And it's going to it's hard it, there's they said in the meeting there's so much that needs to be dealt with with the attorneys and that's probably one of many things and the, and that is the way i think that the district and the town would like to structure the deal because it's beneficial to each party in <clears throat> in certain ways but what the point that you just brought up is very valid like it while that might be preferable to both parties to structure it that way it might not be legally possible for them to structure it that way and if the town does more than the development rights like if they become co-owners then enter the village of Sag Harbor and their land use boards. if the town is only purchasing the development rights then the district only needs to get approvals from the state department of education which means that they do not have to go through the village ZBA, any village approvals on that on that land. Yeah, I get the rid- sense.
0: that's what scares a lot of the neighbors too. Is just yes, yeah, a thousand percent. Again, do you think mm-hmm. that this whole thing would have gone a lot more smoothly if it, the conversation had not so early on kind of zeroed in on the turf desire? You know, I feel like that really set up the opposing sides, but.
3: Um- should I answer this I don't know (laughs) um you know what answer it it answer it but it's I do think that it's a chance
4: for us to to (laughs) talk about the elephant in the room too because I you know as your editor I feel like um one of the criticisms that that I think are floating out there is that you as a Pearson,
3: oh, they're
4: as a Pearson graduate, swimming and, along. And, and a former <laughs> member of the field hockey team, very clearly cannot be objective on this subject. And I really bristle at that, and I think you've done a great job of, of you know, people who know you, I think, know that you're going to do your job and you're not going to let your personal opinions affect the way you do your job. You do have personal opinions on this and and you know I mean, this is the
6: human being this
4: is the nature of community journalism you're part of the community right. and you have right. opinions but i am gonna just push back on people who've who have raised that sort of quietly um that you haven't been fair i think you've been you you've gone out of your way to give all sides of this thing so with well i appreciate that i have tried yeah with that in mind though i think it's a fair question we'll,
3: I do think that there are a lot of people that really, truly, honestly are vehemently opposed to artificial turf. And they feel that it is harmful, toxic, has, has poses serious health risks. And I, even if I don't personally believe that i I cannot write those people off because you know what? I don't know for sure that it doesn't. Like I said, I'm not, I'm not an expert on that. I'm not a scientist. So I don't, I don't discredit or discount people who feel that way. And there are definitely people who feel that way. I do also though, think that there are just um, some people that don't want this for various reasons. And as has kind of been shown in in the public hearing, taking turf off the table really didn't make a difference for a lot of people. They just don't, they are just vehemently opposed to this and
2: they don't want to see kids in their village. I mean, I'm 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 half joking.
3: Well, that was the other thing that kept coming up at this hearing. They're like, we're not anti kids. I don't think anyone's anti kids. You know who's anti kids? The person that probably wants the turf. The mom that's like, get these kids anti out of my house on the weekend. Dad, go take them down to that new field at Marsden so they're out of my face because I'm anti them being with me. That's the people who are anti kids. I mean, that I can speak from experience as well.
6: Hi, this is Ellen Diogardi. I'm the director of events for the Express News Group. I'm also the president of the Sag Harbor Chamber of Commerce. Community really matters to all of us at this company. I know it's a good part of why I'm here. We've hosted more than 50 of our Express Sessions events in Southampton, East Hampton, and Sag Harbor, focusing on issues that matter most to residents of the East End. We bring the most important government and community leaders and topic experts together in one room, and we often find answers to complicated questions. And we grow stronger together. This all takes staff time and. Company resources, but it's our job, and I'm happy to say we really love our work. But we can't do it without our subscribers. If this kind of community work is important to you, you can support it by becoming a subscriber. To subscribe, visit 27 eastcom subscribe. And thank you.
4: It's funny too because when we talk about community journalism, um, we've lost uh, Georgie. In this conversation which is kind of unfortunate because i know georgie you know even among our newsroom and our editorial board georgie is someone who has real reservations about artificial turf and and so mm-hmm. she is is someone who has voiced those concerns so even among ourselves there there's a lot of disagreement and i think that reflects the community and and i think it's healthy to have these conversations but but I, I, keep going back, I keep going back to the earlier point, which is the whole impetus for this in the first place was the idea of the need for an artificial turf field, which is now off the table. So, um, and Brendan, I, I feel like whether it's fair or not, if I lived next door, the idea of a field going up with lights and everything no light. certainly would give me pause. I mean, you know, it would give me a little pause, but my argument uh, and in the objective sense is you live next door to a school. There are going to be school facilities, and, and I'm not sure, while I, while I think that's a legitimate concern, um, I don't know that it should be the ultimate concern. I mean, the school, school needs to exist and needs to do things.
2: I know in in Eastport, there was a town, Little League fields went up and there are some neighbors who are still very upset about the fact that they're hearing games being played late into the night and they're having lights that shine or reflect into their yard. So I can be sympathetic to neighbors who say, if you build this, there's going to be lights in my yard. If you build this, I'm going to be hearing events going on until nine nine o'clock at night or later, because... That's what happens when the weather's nice, you know there's little league games that go on very late at night, surprisingly, and this is not a little league field. This is other sports, but what's to stop them from having a field hockey game that starts at seven and and the people don't clear out till nine and you have a bunch of cars that are driving around and yes, the people who live directly next door to this or within a close proximity to it probably have the biggest dog in this fight out of everybody who's upset about it. I think one of the points here that I don't hear it raised as much as I thought I would over the course of this debate, as long as it's been going on, which is why is the CPF contributing money to get something for a school district? And the workaround is that this will become a public facility that everybody could use, but then we're hearing, well, if the CPF does it, it has to be a grass field. If everybody gets to use it, the grass field is going to be destroyed. So it sounds like if the CPF is involved, they won't get turf, they'll just going to have a destroyed grass field because too many people will get to use it. The solution here would be the school district, we need to build a grass field to satisfy the anti-turf folks. And also exclude people who are not students from using the field so it doesn't get overused and run down. But the way to accomplish that is for the town community preservation fund to not contribute a cent to it, because as soon as you put CPF money into it, it becomes a public facility. Are the taxpayers of Sag Harbor School District willing to pony up that extra money so they don't have to share their athletic fields with everybody else?
3: Probably not
2: I mean with a 30 year bond Would it actually be like that big of a deal
3: I mean I don't That that might if this deal falls apart That'll be the question Are they going to still pursue it And can they still pursue it Like if it falls apart is the seller just going to be like Screw it I got somebody else who's going to Buy this now I'm done waiting I don't know I mean he's already waited pretty long So they might
4: You were at the virtual hearing Kalen um, is there a chance this will fall apart? I mean, these hearings usually don't have a ton of drama, but there was a possibility that a vote was going to take place that night to approve this. Mm-hmm. Correct? I mean they they could have they could have signed off on the deal. And and Jay Schneiderman's comments at this hearing were well. Now I'm starting to have second thoughts because of what I'm hearing. It, it it was pretty startling that that this deal suddenly doesn't look like a done deal anymore. That's not overstating it,
3: right? No, that's not. I um, I didn't think it was like some sort of slam dunk that they were definitely going to vote on it or that they were definitely or that it was, you know, that I, I would have been surprised if they had voted and approved it after the one hearing for sure, because I just know how much opposition there's been. And I knew that they would all come and speak and it would be the first time that they were really getting to express these thoughts before the town board and not before the school board like I've heard it all before because it's I, they've been speaking at the school board meetings but this was their first audience in front of the town board so I knew that they would all come out. But um, I was surprised the degree to which the town the there was a lot of questions still and um, I came away from that hearing thinking to myself. This is going to probably get pushed back multiple times, and or it may not pass when they vote on it. Whereas my previous sort of hunch was they might not take a vote on it after the first public hearing, but I think it will probably eventually pass. And now it's a to, it seems like a real toss up to me now. It's hard to hmm. it's hard to tell. Um, it's yeah it's hard to know what they're what's going to happen. It's definitely more in doubt than I thought it was.
4: That hearing will be coming up in a couple of days after this podcast is released. So.
3: Yep. But that, you know, one of the things that they were really wanting some of the board was wanting more answers on was the stormwater management plan, which is going to apparently take like more than a month to come up with the, the um, thing that was sort of brought up by, by Jeff Nichols was you know, we don't, you know, you're making us wait to get this, all the details of the stormwater management plan, but we've already agreed that the deal would be contingent on the town attorney approving the stormwater management plan. So essentially he was kind of, you know, respectfully asking them, you know, if, if we've already agreed that the town engineer gets essentially final say on whether or not to approve whatever stormwater management plan we come up with in order for the deal to come through why does the whole thing have to be like completely finished before you'll even vote on whether or not to disperse the funds because if you vote to disperse the funds but then the ta- the town engineer says this stormwater management plan that you now submitted is no good the deal isn't going to close so i think I thought that was sort of a valid point like i understand that they want to have as much information as possible before they take a vote but because there's a lot you know jay said there's a lot of cart before the horse issues kind of happening with this as well so you can't really the deal is also contingent on so even if the board approves dispersing the funds the deal is also contingent on the community um approving a bond for the development so like if the board says sure we'll disperse the cpf funds and then you know however many weeks later the district holds a vote and the community votes it down the deal's done and they're not spending the cpf money so i understand why the board wants to proceed carefully with this but at the same side i have watched the district um agree and let go of a lot of things that it wanted at first to get this and I feel like some of the school officials who have been trying to make this happen are probably like, how much more do we have to give up here in order to make this happen? And it does make you wonder if at a certain point they might just try to go it alone, but it becomes $6 million more expensive if they do that. And then you have to wonder if people are still going to support it when that price tag gets up there.
0: And it's a lot of money for like, Georgie had said earlier that a school district where the population is going down and it's not, not for
3: every sport because again the, the size is only going to permit a level playing field like grass playing field so you're playing field hockey and soccer on there uh, lacrosse games could and practices could be held there too but you're not doing like baseball or softball at this site so um but I mean, you do have to take into account that it's also middle school JV and varsity teams, so it's not as though it's just like two so two teams. It's still very many teams and all that, and you know, you could have other there's other uses for it, obviously. But in, essentially, it's not like a full um, spectrum of sports kind of facility. Right,
0: definitely, and it's not replacing the need to still use Mashashamuit Park.
3: Right. No, they still need that because they don't have any, any baseball or softball fields at the school. Even with even with Marsden, if they added that, so they they still have to get into a partnership with the park.
0: Right. All right. So this sounds like a story that's not coming to an end anytime soon.
3: Never coming to an
4: end. <laughs> oh, oh, it'll
3: end. It'll end at some point. It's just it's part of me and my life <laughs> forever.
1: 27 Speaks is sponsored by the law firm of Toomey, Latham, Shea, Kelly, Dubin, and Corderaro. Strong advocacy and attentive counsel. Be well advised. Suffolklaw.com.
0: Thank you for listening. Join us again next week to hear what's news on the East End. Our interlude flute music is by Allison O'Reilly. Our opening and closing theme music is Boysdale Blues, written and performed by the incomparable Judy Carmichael. Listen to Judy's weekly show, Jazz Inspired, airing on an NPR station near you, or go to jazzinspired.com. 27 Speaks is a weekly podcast produced by the Express News Group, which includes the Southampton Press, the East Hampton Press, the Sag Harbor Express, 27East.com, and sacharborexpress.com Find us on the websites or subscribe through Apple Podcasts.